Chapter Four of the Teacup Club. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Teacup Club by Eliza Armstrong. Chapter Four Concerning the Heroine of Today. Are you ready to go to the meeting of the club? Emily asked the blue eyed girl as she bounced into the room. Why, Dorothy dear? What is the matter? Has your father gotten himself a new bicycle instead of one for you, or. The blue eyed girl sat up on the couch. I don't care if I never ride a bicycle again as long as I live. She replied deliberately. The girl with the dimple in her chin turned pale. I knew it was something awful when I saw you crying with the blinds all rolled up. But I hardly thought it was so bad as that. You, you haven't any fever or queer feelings in your head, have you? If I had, it would not make any difference. She sobbed. I... Oh, I'll get even with Effie bittersweet if it ruins my complexion and takes me all the rest of my natural life to do it. Oh-ho! It's Effie, is it? Well, you'll have plenty of chances to get even with her, once you are her sister-in-law. I wouldn't marry Jack now, to, to spite Effie, and I, I doubt if I shall have the chance anyhow. And as for Frances, I... Never mind, dear. I know she has behaved abominably, but she is punished already. Her aunt has bought her a new hat from Paris, and his geranium pink. Fancy Frances in geranium, can you? She promised it to Frances when she went abroad last fall, and Frances has been talking about it ever since. She'll have to wear it, too, because her aunt is to make them a long visit, and she is too wealthy to have her feelings hurt. The blue-eyed girl shook her head sadly. It is very kind of you to try to cheer me, but I am beyond rejoicing. I only hope it is a very deep geranium pink, that's all. Oh, Emily, what a desert waste this life is. No, don't put another cushion back of me. I want to be just as uncomfortable as possible. You know Effie was here this morning, don't you? I suppose so. I noticed that you have two portraits of Edwin on the table. Yes. Well, she asked me to go shopping with her, and I must say I was pleased, because she hasn't been here since... Since... Not since you caught... Pardon me. I mean, since her brother quarrelled with you. She said she'd ask me to lunch with her downtown, but she had spent almost all her allowance. The idea of hinting to you in that barefaced way. Now, if you had been a man, it... Would have been all right, of course. However, I know how confidential Effie always grows over a cup of tea, so I promptly invited her to lunch with me. After she had accepted, I found that I had only fifty cents to my name. Papa had gone downtown, and Mama had just borrowed a quarter from me. My goodness! Did you tell Effie that your head ached so badly that you couldn't go? And have her say that I was fretting myself ill over Jack? No, thank you. I excused myself a moment and went downstairs, for I had just remembered a habit Papa has of leaving money lying about on his desk. To my joy, I found a five-dollar bill in one of the drawers, and I took that, because I— But weren't you afraid to take it? Mm, yes, but then one's own people have to make up with one some time or other. Well, we had a lovely time shopping, and I took Effie off to luncheon before she had had time to get cross-matching samples. It was a lovely luncheon, and before we had finished, Effie said she hoped I would visit her at Delavan in August. Hmm. I suppose she didn't mention the fact that Jack expects to be in Canada from the last week in July to the first one in September, did she? No, she didn't. Oh, what a cat she is. 
and I asked her to take another ice on the strength of it. Well, I paid the bill, tipped the waiter, and was just going out when the cashier came running after me, and, oh, Emily, what do you think? You had left your umbrella, of course. No, I hadn't. I, I, that five-dollar bill was a counterfeit, which Papa was keeping as an object lesson to Mama, who had gotten it in change. You might have known that no man with a wife and grown daughter would leave five good dollars in an unlocked drawer, dear. Did Effie... Loan it to me? She hadn't quite enough, and I don't know what I should have done if Francis had not happened to come in. Effie said that she did not mind borrowing from Francis, because she... she was quite like a sister to her. And now I shall have to make Papa angry by coaxing for money to pay for all those ices Effie ate on false pretenses, and were... Worse yet, she and Francis will have the pleasure of laughing over it together. And telling Jack about it, too, gasped the girl with the dimple in her chin helplessly. Of course I know they will do that, sobbed the victim. But I hardly thought that even an intimate friend would be unpleasant enough to remind me of it. And she buried her face in the cushions and wept. Then you're not going to the club this afternoon? Shall I tell them that you are busy with a dressmaker? Or the dentist? They know that you can make everybody else wait. Tell them nothing. I shall go, and complain of a cold in the head, which will explain the pinkness of my nose and eyes. But will any of them believe you? All of them. You know those horrid quinine tablets Evelyn is always wanting people to try. Well, I shall take one of them publicly. You don't suppose that anyone will suspect me of doing it unnecessarily, do you? The girl with the dimple in her chin shuddered. Impossible, she said. The blue-eyed girl suddenly stopped curling her hair, and, facing her friend, remarked, I can tell you one thing, though. Jack Bittersweet shall pay dearly for this. The president of the teacup club rapped for order with the handle of her umbrella. I am glad to see you all here today, in spite of the weather. We have a very interesting topic for discussion. It is Woman in Her Character of Heroine. Indeed, it is interesting. I only wish you had thought to mention it to me, and I should have prepared a paper on it. No, I couldn't have done it either, for my aunt from New Jersey was in town, and I had to take her sightseeing. Oh dear, aren't people who live in the country painfully active? And what ideas they have! They seem to think Lincoln Park is in the backyard and the statue of Columbus across the street. I know a girl who has had a much worse time than that. She had to take her future mother-in-law to see the sights. The old lady had read up in preparation for her visit, and knew more about the city than Marie herself. Now, while the poor girl is being massaged with Arnica and things to get over the effects of her exertion, the old lady is busy telling her son that such an ignorant girl can never make a good wife. Speaking of the bravery of women, I know a girl who early one morning heard a noise in a large closet next to her room in which she kept her furs and cloth gowns. She slipped out of bed and into the hall, and turned the key, which was fortunately on the outside, and there she had the burglar safe in that stifling atmosphere. Then she fainted. And no wonder. I should have fainted first. It took them three quarters of an hour to restore her, and find out what was the matter. Then they sent for the police. And what do you think they found? That the burglar was dead. No, it wasn't a burglar at all. It was her own father, who
who had risen early and gone into the closet to look for a pile of papers which had been kept in the attic for twenty years. Oh, he said perfectly awful things when he got his breath enough to speak. Unluckily, too, it happened just at the time when she needed a lot of new things. She said that nobody appreciated her bravery, except a man who was paying her attention at the time, and he didn't dare say a word before her father, for fear of losing his good will. Hmm. It only goes to show that women are really more courageous than men. Of course they are. Why, only the other day I read of a girl who had a hole bored in one of her front teeth and a diamond inserted. Did you ever hear of a man who was brave enough to go to the dentist unless he really had to? No. Oh, girls, I once had my pocketbook snatched from me by a boy, and I just ran after him until he dropped it. I don't know that I should have been so brave. But for the fact that beside my card, it contained several unpaid bills, of which my husband knew nothing. If the police had caught the boy with it, they would have communicated the fact to him, and I never should have heard the last of those bills. I hope he appreciated your bravery anyhow. Of course not. His only comment was that it served me right for carrying my pocketbook in my hand. Oh, you can't make a man understand that a woman fears nothing. By the way, I wish several of you would come home to dinner with me. I broke Tom's lovely bit of old Venetian glass today, and I had rather not be alone with him when he finds it out. I'll go with pleasure. Is anybody else coming? Nobody but Mr. Truly Good. I always ask him in such an emergency, because he prophesied that Tom would break my heart within two years of our marriage. Tom knows that, and, well, I could dance on the graves of his ancestors if Mr. Trulygood was present, and Tom would encourage my efforts. Then I don't see why you ask us today. He ought to be... Sufficient? Yes, I suppose so, but, well, the truth is that he is rather hard to entertain, and Tom is so busy in his presence, being nice to me, that he is no help at all. I should be delighted to dine with you also, but really I have such a cold that I don't dare to be out at all after nightfall. Have you a cold? Why, I didn't notice it when I met you in the restaurant this morning. Didn't you, dear? But then you are not very observant. You had not even noticed that there was a wrinkle in the waist of your new gown until I pointed it out to you. Evelyn, dear, mightn't I take another of your quinine tablets now? I really think that I am feeling better already. Do not take too much of it, dear, if you value your peace of mind. I've had such an awful cold this week. I don't know how I ever caught it, unless it was sitting in that hot church on Sunday. Mamma would have me go, and I... Perhaps you caught it standing on your front steps Monday evening. I saw you as I passed and wondered how long... Oh, it was only a moment. The parlour was full of people, and I just stepped out with Frank a moment too, to ask him how he expects to vote at the coming election. I thought you both looked as if you were discussing politics. Of course, he had to think well on the merits of the opposing candidates before he gave an opinion and... Oh, pshaw, it's impossible to know how one catches cold, and it does one no good to know anyhow. Unless it is someone else's fault. I have a cold myself, and I don't dare mention the fact of my family. They are so unsympathetic that they... Would want you to wrap up and wear overshoes if it was July. 
They would, they would. Well, I just knew that I had to be well in time to go to Mrs Brownsmith's card party. The way that Marie tries to attract Frank's attention is too dreadful, and I knew she would be there. If she had to unscrew her coffin lid to get out. Mm, they wanted me to take all sorts of horrid remedies at home. I wouldn't do it, though. The very idea made me cross. Finally, on Wednesday, Frank dropped in to see if I was better and said I must take some quinine. Of course I couldn't refuse and hurt his feelings, especially as he remained all the afternoon and watched me take it. By his advice, I took a large dose of it that night, and when I woke up in the morning my cold was almost gone, but oh, I had the queerest buzzing in my ears. Oh well, nobody could see that. So you kept on taking it all day and was able to go to the card party after all, though the quinning had made me as deaf as a statue. It made little difference at first, because Marie kept close at my elbow and Frank and I were not alone a moment. I couldn't get rid of her at all, until, just as Mamma said she would not wait another second, Mrs Brownsmith called Marie to her and Frank... Improved the moment? What did he say? I... I don't know... He whispered, and I couldn't hear, and before I could ask him to repeat, Marie was at my side. As he put me into the carriage, he said, You will let me have my answer by messenger tomorrow, won't you? And I, I don't know whether he asked me to marry him or only to go to the matinee. You poor, dear martyr. Dorothy, dear, you had better not take any more of those tablets, because... But, dear... Dorothy is in no danger of having to answer such an important question. Very true, dear. I have answered it already, in the negative. Ah, you can never know, Francis, how painful it is to be obliged to tell a man who loves you that there is no hope. Dear, dear, I'm afraid that, in spite of all my efforts, we have not discussed today's topic as consistently as usual. It does seem to me, sometimes, that you girls talk as much as men. Of course, you do not expect to be listened to as they do, still. I should think not. Did I ever tell you of the time I went to make a round of calls with Ethel and... Found she was leaving her sister's cards by mistake. Indeed you did. And wasn't it funny that she left one for Maria, to whom her sister hadn't spoken for a year, just like Ethel too. There was. This was another time. You know how much Ethel talks? Well, we called on one woman I had never met before, and she asked Ethel subsequently if I was not deaf and dumb. Never mind. She knew better when she met you next time. But what is the topic for discussion today? The heroine of today. And I think... I suppose that is the bachelor girl. Or the one who marries a foreigner. Talk about bravery. Why... I knew a girl who became engaged to a Russian before she could pronounce his name. Speaking of that, isn't it horrid of Elizabeth to send out her wedding card so long ahead? No chance this time to say that we didn't know it in time to select a present. I shall pretend that I never received my invitation at all. One must protect oneself somehow. I do hate to go shopping with her nowadays. If I don't buy a lot of things myself, I'm miserable. And if I do, her reproachful gaze seems to say, I know the cost of this will come out of my present. As if you wouldn't ask your father for the money for that anyhow. I shall do nothing of the kind, dear. It would make too much trouble. 
I don't know why a man will cheerfully give a wedding present himself, but let... One of the women of the family ask for money there for the same purpose, and he feels that he is being robbed. I suppose it is on the same principle that makes a man insist upon treating every other man he meets, and then grumble because his wife wants oysters after the play. Just as he feeds a girl on candy before he marries her, and then complains in dentist's bills afterward. Men are so illogical. Indeed they are. One of them will keep on telling a girl that she has a swan-like carriage, and then think her vain if he catches her watching her own movements in the glass. Why does she let him catch her at it? Oh, girls, you know that awful dark green necktie that Dick has been wearing? Well, I endured it until I felt as if I should scream if I saw him wear it again. So I begged it from him, told him that I wanted it as a souvenir to hang beside his college cap and his football collars. As soon as he sent it to me, I threw it into the fire. And he came in before it was reduced to ashes? No. He appeared with another just like it, the very next day. Said he didn't like it himself, but since I had admired it and he wanted to please me, he had matched it before he sent it to me. And that was your only reward for trying to save his feelings? Really, Emily, I often think you are too good for this world. At any rate, I shall soon be out of it if so many sorrows are heaped upon my head. By the way, girls, I've been learning to ride my bicycle. And talking of heroism, I... How many times have you fallen? I heard the other day of a girl who learned to ride in a single lesson without falling once and... Hmm. I've often heard of that girl myself, but I've never seen her. I've fallen 19 times. That is, not counting the time Mamma called after me to be careful, and the time that Dick and I had ridden almost a half block since he let go of my belt. Because, you know, it was not my fault that I fell upon either of those occasions. Of course not. But girls, we really must not talk about bicycling. Because if we do, we shall drift away from our discussion. And I can't bear to depart, even momentarily, from the high standard of the club. We were speaking of Elizabeth a moment ago. Has anyone seen her lately? Not I. I make it a point of avoiding the girl who is about to be married, the mother of the cleverest baby in the world, and the woman who is designing her own house. Really, you know, I don't mind letting someone else do all the talking, but I do like a change of topic once in a while. I know I was just as sensible as anyone could be while Tom and I were engaged. And yet, people did act so oddly. Why, they would go right away if I began to talk of him at all. They didn't even stay long enough to see how sensible I was. By the way, I believe that Jane and Mr. Souter are engaged. Jane denies it, but he has given up sending her flowers and candy and begun presenting bric-a-brac instead. But sure, that is nothing. He may once have been engaged to a girl who was a china maniac, and these may be the presents she returned. Possibly. By the way, Kate has grown so wary now that she only gives the man, to whom she happens to be engaged, presents which she can use after she breaks up with him. Never pipes and... Oh, by the way, I know how her last engagement came to be broken in so many pieces that it could never be mended. Do tell us about it. We are all so intimate with Kate that we wouldn't dare to tell anybody, because it would seem that we were betraying a confidence. Well, when she was engaged to Mr Yaleblue, she gave him a lovely meerschaum pipe, which of course came back with her other presents when the engagement was broken. By the next Christmas, she was engaged to Dan, and it seemed such a waste to let it lie in the case, and she gave it to him, 
telling him a pretty little story of how she bought it when she was in Paris, and kept it hanging in her den ready for Prince Charming when he appeared. You wouldn't think a little thing like that would have broken the engagement, would you? Why, of course not. How on earth did? Oh, he just asked how it came that it was so strong of tobacco. Dear me, girls, I am afraid that we really must adjourn, though there is still a great deal more to say on both sides of the discussion. But I have just remembered that I have invited a whole party of you to dinner and neglected to mention the fact to the cook. End of chapter 4